0: Tigers uncaged. Shoots and scores. Jesse and Lance talk Tigers and all things WHL with the voice of the Tigers, Bob Ridley. Tigers, win the Tigers players, Tigers alumni, and insiders across the WHL. Here's your host, Jesse and Lance. Go.
1: This is a podcast where we talk about your Medicine Hat Tigers. My name is Jesse, he's Lance Dahl. Hello. And we are coming off a very, very entertaining game against the Regina Pats.
2: Yeah, one of the more entertaining we've had this season, I think, which is... Uh, we deserve which that. Which is nice. Yeah, you it was know, good.
1: As uh, Tiger fans that were there, probably a quarter of them there for probably Connor Bedard, they were treated. Oh, yeah. They were treated to a very interesting, entertaining game, and... I'll, I'll speak on this. If the Tigers are going to lose games, I hope they lose like that.
3: <laughs> yeah. like, you
1: know what I mean? Like putting yeah. the effort in, and we've seen a lot of games like that. And you know what? The Tigers finally got rewarded. Finally, we get a last-second goal in the third, just kind of mm-hmm. brought back uh, memories of past Tiger teams. Yeah,
2: no doubt. No doubt, where uh, they didn't need just five more minutes no. this time around. They had just enough time as, as Brendan Lee scored late in the third, and they win it in a shootout, but uh, yeah, top to bottom, like everyone, we said after the game on, on Tuesday during the post game show that like everyone could have gone home, looked in the mirror, and said I did something to to help this team win today. Like yeah, top to bottom, the entire roster was was needed, and uh, and I think everyone played a role in that win. So team wise, feels really good. Obviously, you don't love what happened in the second period no. and, and giving up four in a row and really kind of letting that game get out of control quick. But but they reined it back in. They showed fight and. And the effort's been there for the last little while, where where they're consistently putting in the effort. So it's nice to see them earn themselves a win, right? And and really kind of take it away from Regina in the dying seconds of that third, and and hanging on through the overtime.
1: I will say, and I don't want to make excuses for the Tigers, but three of those goals uh, had something to do with Connor Bedard. For the most part, they played Connor Bedard very well defensively. Yep. But he is a hard person to defend, <laughs> and uh, it showed. Like it, it almost just was like Connor Bedard was like, you know what? we got to get back in this game. And there's a fire lit up, and all of a sudden it's Mm 4-2 for Regina. Yeah, he had,
2: what, all three points in around six and a half, seven minutes. (laughs) Yeah, so So. he just
1: wanted to, okay, time to go. But I also heard you give a lot of kudos to uh, Drew Krebs, where if it wasn't for Krebs, that game probably doesn't go the way that it went.
2: Yeah, especially in the third, because he got off to a bit of a slow start. But in the third period, he he made a couple big plays defensively uh, in the offensive zone. He made a couple, one incredible pinch for sure. To, to keep a play alive in the offensive zone, and without that, you don't get the game-winning goal late. Um, and, and just the way that he kind of carried himself throughout the overtime as well, because if it wasn't him, it was Bogdan's hot ass, and sometimes it was the two of them out on the ice together. When, when you're play on th- playing playing three three-on-three, it's tough as is, but when you're defending a guy like Connor Bedard, I, it, that's, I couldn't imagine how difficult that is, because he's so shifty, and you got to see just how well of a skater uh, Drew Krebs has become and and the way that he can read the play. Yeah, he was in the third in overtime. I, I mean, you can point to a lot of guys and say without them they wouldn't have made it to uh, to the shootout and eventually win, but Drew Krebs was was near the top of the pack. He was, it was good.
1: It was a fun game to watch, fun game to see live, and uh, I see him waiting in the winds. Scott Roblin going to join the podcast, and we're going to dissect all that. Also going to have a little fun on behalf of... Uh, the Pats and the Tigers. We're, we're going to do a little fantasy GM mode, oh, okay? if you will. That, and uh, Also, we're going to have the audio. Scott Roblin got a chance to talk to former Tiger, Lanny McDonald. It was a big week for him. So we'll give you that and a whole bunch more on Tigers Uncaged. Come on. Check it out.
0: Tigers Uncaged is powered by South Country Co-op. With tigers! More Roar in a minute.
4: When it comes to your choice of beverage, you have your favorites. And when it comes to the place you get your beverages from, Co-op Liquor Stores is the favorite. They carry a huge selection of wine, spirits, local and world beers. Stick to what you love or try something new. Co-op Liquor Stores in Crescent Heights, 13th Avenue, Red Cliff, Dunmore and Strachan Road all open seven days a week. South Country Co-op, proudly serving the community for over 60 years.
0: You're at home here. We've been part of the farming community for generations. Planning, advising, getting our boots dirty, helping farmers thrive and enhance their land. This is core to what we do because we believe that each crop should be grown with precision, grown with care, and grown with purpose. We are a different kind of business. We are building a legacy. We are South Country Co-op. Tigers Uncaged. Let's go! by South Country Co-op. Here's your host. And I reveal myself to you all here? Jesse and Lance.
1: Behold! Welcome back to the podcast, Tigers Uncaged. Powered by South Country Co-op. We appreciate you listening. As always, we get a chance to sit down with the interim play-by-play man, Mr. Scott Roblin. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you boys doing? We are doing. Hey, we're we're on a high right now because uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. Did we witness Tuesday night the game of the year for the Medicine Hat Tigers?
5: In one aspect, yes, if you're talking about entertainment value. Uh, I think for the fans, for the actual team itself, I, I don't necessarily think that's the best game they've played this year. Um, look, that second period was really rough for the team after they went up 2 nothing. But from a pure entertainment aspect and from this team digging deep and not getting over... Overly frustrated and not folding in when they've allowed a number of goals in a row, which they've done a number of times this year. That's one of the best performances I've seen from the Tigers in that aspect. Um, You know, I I think they've had better full 60-minute efforts than they had back on Tuesday night, but... The Medicine Hat Tigers being able to rally, score with 4.9 seconds left, win it in a shootout, a gutsy, gutsy performance. Um, and I think it was one of the the more fun games to watch if you're a fan. Not necessarily for the coaching staff. I'm sure they were uh, pulling their hair out mm-hmm. a little bit on the bench, uh, just the way the game went back and forth. But, boy, it was a fun one to
2: call. To answer the best game of the year uh, at co-op place early this season, Tigers and Oil Kings, when the Tigers won in the shootout. Mm. That's probably the best game of the year, considering the, the level of competition you're playing and it's early in the year trying to make a statement, and we kind of forget about it a little bit, but that was huge at the time. I would also
5: put up their, their recent shutout victory Swift. over Swift, because yeah. yep. uh, that's one of the more consistent 60-minute efforts I've seen from the team this year.
2: Yeah, from an effort standpoint, yep. certainly. Certainly. That was uh, that was big, but uh, it, it's just so interesting to, to see how the Tigers found a way to, in the third period, respond, because we went into the room and, it was a second intermission, you start to wonder how things are going to go against the Pats after you give up four goals in essentially seven, eight minutes. And uh, and they were able to kind of regroup, which is, for the first time, something that we, we really saw out of this team uh, after a bad lapse of play. Well,
5: how many times this year have we just seen the same story, where even if the Tigers are playing well, they allow two, three, four, five goals, just one after another, after another, and this team gets down on themselves. And Willie Desjardins has said just as much. This is a team that, when things aren't going right, they they start to fold in. Mm-hmm. And uh, when things are going well, they, they really start to capitalize. And you really saw that shift coming out into the third period. And even to start the third, Regina was still pressuring hard, but the Tigers were a little bit more locked in in their defensive zone and their defensive scheme, and that allowed them to get up ice with confidence. Um, you know, speaking to the coaching staff and and the players, it, it sounded like in that second intermission, a, a few players were, were quite vocal, really led by Garen Bjorklund uh, in the dressing room, just trying to get this team back on track and um, stop the bleeding, quite honestly, because that was right from the moment that... Uh, Brendan Lee scored uh, that one timer goal to make it two nothing. The Regina Pats, less than a minute later, find the back of the net, and that started the snowball effect for the Tigers and uh, for this team to really dig deep in that third period. Even with the goal from Stephen Arp, which I thought was you know quite poetic that this team gets a crucial goal, and I, I you know this comeback doesn't happen if that puck doesn't go in mm-hmm. a shot from the point by josh van mulligan tipped home by Stephen harp two players rookies on this team the guys who you necessarily don't think are going to be the the key goal scores in the key situations for medicine hat and they step up when they're needed to and then you get brendan lee coming back into the lineup hard on the puck He got about three shot attempts off all blocked you know you could see big blocks from regina and the tigers could say well we're down to you know Three, four, five seconds left in the game, you know, we're all of our shots are getting blocked. So let's just try and, you know, get it back to the blue line or whatever. Brendan Lee just kept hammering it. And mm-hmm. finally, with four point nine seconds left, his shot is able to beat Drew Sim, and we're off to overtime. And even in overtime, the Tigers stuck with it. The Regina Pats had a number of chances. Cole Carrier hitting the post off oh. the rush, um, almost ending it there. And medicine hat stuck with it Mm -hmm. and in the shootout you know anything could happen and you get Andrew Basha just showing off some unbelievable hands in front of the nets and Logan Barlogi, a veteran of this league picking his spot for uh, the shootout winner this was uh, a gutsy gutsy performance from a Tigers team that needed a win like this they've had a number of wins this year where they've been able to you know skate to victory they've been able to get a shutout victory against swift current Broncos but a game like this usually a team has once or twice a year where you come back from the brink. Mm -hmm. You're pushed to the very edge. Looks like all hope is gone, and then you're able to tie it up and and force extra time and come out the victors. The Tigers really haven't had a victory like this this year, and now that we're down to the final 12 games of the the regular season, this is going to go down, I think, as one of the biggest moral victories for the Tigers in terms of how they felt leaving the ice.
1: If there's anyone out there who believes that the Tigers are just showing up, taking the L so they can just rebuild for next year, Watch the celebration when Barlogi scored that shootout goal. You watch the celebration of the entire team at center ice in a gigantic hug. Those boys from the beginning of that game knew they were playing for something. Now they're playing spoiler, and they're not mad at doing that. They know that they're out. Now they're going to go out, create some moments, play spoiler, and even after that game. The boys that weren't dressed were in that hallway waiting for them to come off the ice. They had a gigantic hog, a gigantic scrum off ice, which is the reason why I missed out getting <laughs> Arp, Arp. Get <laughs> as the third star because he got lost in the shuffle. But the camaraderie of that team, that was a victory that they desperately needed and you wanted.
5: You could look at this point in the season and say there's not really anything the Tigers are playing for. That's inaccurate. They're not playing for a playoff spot. But they're playing to A, showcase themselves for next year because there are decisions that are going to be made this offseason Mm -hmm. by the Tigers coaching staff and management team. And not only that, like you said, they are relishing this chance to play spoiler. This This is what they're playing for here. They're playing to try and upset the balance, trying to pick up some wins, quite honestly, before the end of the season and end it on a high note on what's been overall a very difficult season for the franchise. And trying to take down teams that... You come into the game and say, Well, the Tigers are gonna get blown out here tonight. That's not always the case. You know, Connor Bedard comes in, had a fantastic night, you know, a goal and two assists was came as advertised, but the Medicine Hat Tigers came out on the better end. And necessarily weren't the better team for an entire 65 minutes on Tuesday night, but they still picked up the victory. And I think that's what's going to have to happen. You're going to have some games down the stretch here where the Tigers are going to have to press and dig deep like they did in this game against the Regina Pats. Games where they're going to be outshot. Games where they're going to be outplayed. But, you know, it goes back to if you can stick in the fight for long enough, special things can happen. And if you're able to find that uh, sense of motivation from a
2: team, um, that goes a big way. Yeah, a lot of guys learning. Uh, how to play every single night in the Western Hockey League. Like uh, we, we talked to Stephen Arp after the game, and, and I had noticed over the last little while, probably the last, I want to say almost a month now, after every single home game, win or loss, you can find Stephen Arp uh, by the Zamboni entrance shooting pucks at targets for anywhere from 20 to 30, 40 minutes. And he's been working on this for a, like a while now. And you see the immediate benefit, not in the tip goal, but in the play away from the puck. And then when he's shooting from distance, like it's little things like that, all of a sudden he looks a little bit more dangerous. And, and it's those types of things where these kids are learning how much effort you got to put in before, during and after a game and away from the ice in order to be successful. And that's, what's almost becoming exciting now is as you look into next year, three of their defense, will be 19 years old, right. With, with Parsons, uh, Krebs and hot ass, assuming that he comes back. And you're going to have a forward group that's all going to be deeper than 40 games, 45 games, for the most part, into their Western Hockey League careers now. And next year could be a big jump, really, just just from team development.
5: Well, and experience is just such an interesting thing because you see a player like Stephen Arp get more comfortable at this level. There's There's been nights here where Stephen Arp, you know, is you can tell, he's been fighting it and just trying to figure out how to play in this league. And he comes in as an undrafted player. And, you know, at the beginning of the year, Willie Desjardins said, we're, we were not really sure what we're going to have with him in terms of where he was going to be in the lineup and um, how he was going to be able to, you know, contribute. Um, and you saw a lot of nights where he was a healthy scratch, but especially down the back stretch here when the Tigers have dealt with so many injuries, they've needed Stephen Arp. It mm-hmm. hasn't been a situation where let's just get the kids some experience. They have needed him to step up, and he has. They've moved him to the wing uh, to play alongside Tyler McKenzie for the most part here, and I think it's been a, a duo that's worked out very well with Braden Bame on the wing. Uh, and you brought up the the point that I think has been the biggest difference in Stephen Arp's game. He's looked dangerous. Yeah. yeah. When he's had the puck on his stick. He's charging towards the net. He's using that huge frame of his down low to get pucks loose and being able to move it back to the point or move it into the slot or just carry it himself. Yep. He's big enough. He has the he's getting stronger. And that's the thing when you take a look at a player like Steven Arp, who's as big as he is, he's only gonna get stronger as he progresses in his career. Um and and I think one of the biggest thing with with Stephen as well, um, one of the nicest kids you're going to meet off the <laughs> ice around this team. I always joke that uh, you know I I I hope Stephen Arp remains a lifelong Tiger because about once every month, every month and a half, you'll have family come to the games and they'll have cookies and treats and stuff on nice. the bus for everyone. <laughs> and it's just Stephen Arp going out handing out uh, cookies and uh, stuff to awesome. everyone on the bus. Um, you talk to him off the ice; he's just such a genuine person. And um, I think he's a guy who's really. Had a steep learning curve this year. Um, He, you know, we talk about experience and, you know, Players like Weisblatt and Patton and even Andreessen who didn't get a ton of experience last year, but they did get in those games. Stephen Arp doesn't have that. He is a true rookie this year. Mm -hmm. Um, He he did not play in the development season. So this has been an even steeper learning curve for Stephen Arp, and you're seeing it pay off here. He's having a better net front presence. He's being more aggressive at picking up pucks in the corners, and he's not necessarily a guy who's going to find the score sheet every game, but like you said, Lance, the things away from the puck is becoming quite noticeable. Yeah.
1: And you brought up a good point. Like, if he's continuing to be dangerous in his rookie year, imagine what Stephen Arp's going to be like one year, two years from now. If he continues to be with the Tigers, yeah, he could be a potential leading scorer or a big offensive weapon for the Tigers. Well,
2: you're just noticing his play has just been elevated so much more in the last little while, ever since McKenzie got back. And, and Arp had this trial, almost, of, of playing center for the first 25, 30 games. And as of recently, he's now on the wing, and it's a little less responsibility when you're playing on the wing, obviously. But I think that's helped him understand his role a bit more because he he knows what the centermen are supposed to be doing. So as a winger now, he kind of understands where he should be mm-hmm. to help out plays in both ends of the ice. But but he just looks a lot more comfortable. It's it's wild to see, and really, because you're right, Scott. There was a a couple months ago we we were we saw Stephen Arp centering a fourth line, and, and you think, man, he just didn't have it that night and, and things just weren't going his way and you, you notice ever since he starts putting in a little bit more work and he's grinding a little bit harder and, and moves to the wing with a little less responsibility, he becomes this guy that, that you can tell doesn't necessarily need things to go his way because he's making them go his way
5: yeah. and that's well, the difference. And and just the body language language at the way he carries the puck now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's no longer just try and pick up the puck on a stick and clear it out to the zone or move it out to a winger. He's carrying the puck with momentum now. Yep. And that's something necessarily we didn't see early in the year. And that's, you know, I attribute that to just inexperience in the league and just trying to not it, make a mistake, not make mistakes. That's yeah. exactly right. You know, not try not to be the, the guy on the ice who gets blamed for a, a goal against. And I think Steven Arp has, has done a lot better job of of seeing the confidence in himself to Either carry the puck across the blue line, or if he's going to play dump and chase, be in there and trying to jam it loose. Mm-hmm. He's he's done an excellent job at that lately.
1: Uh, you mentioned Connor Bedard, and I think there were a lot of Tiger fans that showed up Tuesday night to see the man in action, the man that everyone's been talking about, and uh, he didn't disappoint. One goal, two assists, great night for him. Uh, I want to have a little fun with this. There are little you know rumors going on of what what the vibe is in Regina. Who knows if that's true or not? But it got me thinking for a guy like Connor Bedard who got the exceptional status at what was it 14 15 15 15 years old playing in the dub everywhere he goes people want to see him let's let's play imaginary gm if we could let's say we <laughs> wanted a guy like Connor Bedard we we were calling regina up and saying hey i like your boy mhm maybe only has two more years left in the dub cuz fat chance he stays till he's 21 no could, no he's he gone after age Right, he could be cylinder easily out by eighteen. He's 19.
5: gone after next season. He's got it that way. Well, like, and and let's just be honest. Right now, Connor Bedard is the number one overall pick in twenty twenty three. Has to be easy. Um, you know, he's getting some competition from Matvey Miedchov in Russia, but as of right now, he is the projected number one overall pick. Um, you know, I don't think there's anyone in the Western Hockey League that believes Connor Bedard is is going to come back for a nineteen year old season. No. Um, so next year is going to be a big one for Regina.
1: So it gets me thinking: if you're Regina. You got to put all your eggs into next year because this is your last shot with Connor Bedard. If you are not confident in your team, what do you think the price would be to get a guy like Connor Bedard? What what, what? what? How many first-round draft picks are we thinking?
5: Okay, let's let's do an experiment. Jesse, you are the Tigers. I am the Regina. Okay, Pats. This uh, is g- nice. G- yeah. g- give me a call. Give me the pitch. Uh, <laughs> let's say. So, I- oh, no, it off saying what 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 would you what would you like?
1: Oh, excuse me, sir. I I would like Connor Bedard. Okay, click. <laughs> you don't even think that they would even <laughs> accept the call.
5: The only time I think the Regina Pats would entertain a trade for Connor Bedard is maybe at next year's trade deadline if they're so far out of it we there is a bit of precedent with that the the one i go back to is in the ontario hockey league with john taveras uh, mm. another exceptional status player when he was playing with oshawa he got dealt to the london knights in his 18 year old season before he uh before he made the nhl at the deadline um I, I you know the the trade package theoretically would probably be one of the biggest in western hockey league history we're talking about Multiple first-round picks, multiple top prospects, roster players. Um, uh, but I, I truly believe that unless the Pats are in such a dire situation that uh, they, it, there's no other option than to trade Connor Bedard. I I'd be highly surprised if they pick up the the phone, even for GMs asking. if would be was interesting. Developing. I wish
1: that we had stats like you know jersey sales. Like what, what's a Connor? Is Connor Bedard has to be the number one selling. Regina-Pat jersey, but yeah. you know how yeah. much is he making for the team? How many people are getting season tickets just for Bedard? That's a huge factor, I guess. Sure. But yeah. if I'm also Regina and I'm like, listen, I got one year with this kid and then he's going to leave. I could win it all, but then I'm in trouble for, for the rest of the go. Right. If I could, you know, I could build my next Here, five years.
5: Here's the question, though. Let's say you get the, the, a trade happens and you get a King's Ransom back for Connor Bedard. Do any of those players turn into Connor Bedard? Of course not. So, that's the, I think I think you balance, put your right? I think you put your chips into the middle for next year because you are one of twenty two teams that has Connor Bedard on your roster. Mm-hmm. And Connor Bedard, as dominant as he is right now, he's going to be even more dominant next year. We're talking about a guy who's likely to pick up probably hundred points next year if he keeps on the current projected pace. Um, that's even if he goes to the World Junior Camp. Uh, he's a special, special player. Um, you know, if Regina is so far out of it that they feel like there's no other option. I think they do that, but if they have even a, a sniff at a WHL championship next year, I think they they stick has, with him until the the last game that he's a, a Regina Pat. Has he
1: played any postseason games? Like as of right now, I know they're on the cusp of, of a potential playoff spot, but they he hasn't played any playoffs. No,
5: because last year was his first year with the Pulling Regina SNA, Pats, and there and there, 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 there were playoff. no playoffs last yeah. year. Um, it's funny the the game before he played here in medicine hat back last weekend against the calgary hitman um it was his not only 100th game in the western hockey league but it came a year to the day that he made his debut with the regina pats because you forget that last year was so short mm-hmm. and it started so early in the season uh in in february and and in march of uh of you know 2020 yeah the the, the 2020 season uh that's you know, Connor Bedard is already up to 100 games in his career, and uh, it, all that and all the buzz has been built over just one season of wearing a Regina Pats jersey. It's pretty remarkable.
2: Yeah, just the the marketing opportunity as well. Like once he gets drafted, and he gets drafted from your team, and what that does for the league and your franchise, and keeping him around as as alumni down the road, and and when the Regina Pats inevitably make that. Mural uh, of players that have worn the jersey in the past, and maybe there's there's like guys like Sam Steele that are on there, and and Connor Bedard will be in that mural as well, right? It's funny, Which I was is... you know I got the chance to talk to Connor um, before Tuesday's
5: game, and first time actually talking with him, and he you just look at him, and and if you just saw him on the street, he just looks like a an average 16 year old mm-hmm. kid, but the the amount of talent that he has right now, and the amount of poise that he has. I specifically asked him about just the pressure that he faces. It's rare that we see a 16-year-old in this league face the amount of pressure that Connor Bedard is. You're, you see a lot of pressure like a Cole Sillinger here, but let's say Sillinger was back for his you know season here for the Tigers, he'd be face a lot of pressure. But we're talking about people dubbing Connor Bedard as a generational talent, Connor McDavid-esque type player. Yeah. So I asked him about that, and he said. He doesn't really listen to a lot of the outside pressure. He feels he puts more pressure on himself than anybody else there out in the hockey sphere, whether that's NHL teams, whether that's media, whether that's uh, you know fan expectation. He says, it, it, at the end of the day, it comes down to me. So I, I think he's a player that wants to play in Regina, wants to make an impact with the Pats, and let's be honest, the Pats next year, if they keep their current trajectory, right now they're fighting for a playoff spot, but you're going to have Matthew Keeper, who's another year older. Mm-hmm. You're going to have Tanner Howe with a little bit more experience. Boy, he's had an unbelievable season. Yeah. Stanislav Svozil, if he comes back, he is a Columbus Blue Jackets pick, so we'll see if he turns pro, oh, but... We know he... what they do. <laughs> yeah, Isn't right? that the truth? But he, uh, the, the Regina Pats have a number of solid players that are young, and... If they're able to make moves in the off and early next year to surround Connor Bedard with more talent offensively, I guess at the forward position, there's an opportunity there. They, it's it's going to be interesting next year, especially out in the East Division because Moose Jaw I think is going to line up to make a run. Yep, Brandon yep. I think is going to line up to make Saskatoon. a run. Saskatoon, the East Division next year is going to be wild, fellas. It's going to be insane. And still didn't mention Winnipeg and Winnipeg. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh yeah, Winnipeg will be a heavy hitter for a while. Especially
5: if Savoy and Geeky come back. But I mean, uh-huh. if
1: you're Regina, you have to because it, it's a blessing and a curse to have a guy like Connor Bedard, a guy like Sillinger, a guy who's made, like you know is going to get drafted. You're anticipating you're not going to get the full run with him.
2: Yeah. So it, it, you're just you're in the probably the absolute worst spot because of what we just said. That you can you can go and make all these trades in the offseason. You can bring guys in. You're still not guaranteed a playoff spot. Like you really aren't considering how difficult your games are going to be because you inherently just get more against your division. We were we would expect that you're going to have interconference play come back next season to a more regular Western Hockey League schedule, but you're still going to predominantly play teams in the East Division, and they're all going to be pretty damn good. Yeah, like top to bottom, that's going to be uh, man. That that's tough. It, it would take a lot of stones to to try and, and move him for like you said, Jesse. Like planning out, you know, more of a sustainable five, six year run. There is an argument for it though. Like yep. there, there really is. When, when you look at some of the pieces that you mentioned and you know, the younger guys, Tanner, Hal, Leighton, Feist, these, these younger guys that you can kind of start to build around Matthew Keeper being as young as he is and having the opportunity to try and, and maybe set something up for a five year run instead of one year of a push where, You know it's going to be quite challenging. I don't know. Like there, there is a there is a conversation. I wouldn't be bold enough to do it. But
1: no, no one wants to be that GM that got rid of Connor Bedard. (laughs) But I'm just like Regina is almost in the same boat as the Tigers. I mean, they've been okay. Like they've had contender teams, but they haven't really been like what an Edmonton is right now Mm -hmm. or what I would argue they
5: did when they hosted Mem Cup a few years ago. They had a team that tried it. to be. They they, they were they in tried. the conversation. Yeah. I would say
2: because they backdoored their way into that very very early in playoffs. If I remember right, they got bounced quite early and then had to sit for a while. So yeah. I mean they tried to, and I mean they they had the pieces that were there, and I, I mean it's just it's it's also hard to look, point to a team like Edmonton because they're so different in how they're built, even like compared to. Other teams of recent memory that try to build up and make runs like Swift Current from not that long ago. Like, Swift Current didn't have the team that we see in Edmonton or Winnipeg, for that matter. Like, it's just not the same. Well, and they had a team that had
5: basically a top line that really powered the the Swift Current Broncos to a Western Hockey yeah. League championship. I mean, that top line of, of Godden and Steenbergen and... uh yeah, you know, like just unbelievable talent on that roster. Yeah. So, and also, you know, adding a guy
2: like Stuart Skinner doesn't really help or hurt either, anything. Guess, yeah. So, he's <laughs> he's having a good year in the <laughs> AHL, NHL, for NHL. That matter. Yeah, probably could be a number one goalie for the Oilers. But yeah, I I'd, I wouldn't have the stones. Would you have the balls to do it? Because I couldn't.
1: I know I'd get a lot of backlash. But I, what worries me, and I never even thought about it until you brought up the other teams in the East. I'd have – it's going to be a tight leash if we don't have a good start against some of these teams. Right. I may just try. And
2: you'd have to know that you're missing him for a month because World Junior's going Junior. to come around. Yeah. And you have to assume that he's going to be gone for at least a month.
1: If I have a lot of young talent surrounding me, who's not to say that I get rid of a guy who I know I'm losing next year yeah. to get three first-round draft picks? At least. At least.
2: On top of probably some other lower round picks, and you could be pissed off at me all you
1: want, Regina, but our future looks okay. Yeah,
2: that then you'd have the biggest like five year gamble of your life. The, the right? biggest thing, but I th- a five
1: year gamble over a one. Yeah, like a one?
5: you're right. But you're I right. will say the biggest thing for the Pats though, this off season, they have to load up. Yes, because yes. I don't think they can go into next season without adding a few more pieces and look, we don't really know what happens until the puck drops next fall. So I think for the Pats, they have to go in under the assumption that they're going to try and make a run. Now, if they fall back, then it might be a a little bit tougher, and then you might have a little bit more of that conversation. But I think for right now, having a full year of Connor Bedard, another year older – Arguably, is going to be the best player in the Western Hockey League next season on a roster that's going to get another year older. I think you have to reward that group, give them an opportunity to try and make a run themselves, and uh, you know, as the season goes on, uh, make adjustments. I was just
2: looking; they don't have many decisions for overages. They have four for heading into next season. They have four O twos, and uh, I-, I couldn't help but but also think that they uh, they they might you know sniff around and look for goaltenders potentially. As, as some insurance heading into next year with Matthew Keeper being so young. And uh, I know there's a few teams out there that could move goaltenders if at all possible. So, uh, I mean, they don't have any huge decisions, to say the least. So they can, you know, like you said, Scotty, load up. Uh, I, I wanted to mention this because we were like talking about the, the 23 NHL draft class and one guy on Elite Prospects who showed up under other notable prospects, Oren Strome showed up on that list. And, they, I, I mean, I, I couldn't help but be a little surprised considering we haven't heard a lot of hoopla uh, about Strom yet for that next 2023 draft. But he's clearly in that conversation in what's expected to be a very deep class.
5: Yeah, and I think the biggest thing with Oren, and we've talked about this on broadcast throughout the year, is the potential. Yeah. The guy, when he is playing, he has some special talents at putting the puck in the net. Mm-hmm. And the, the biggest... Issue right now for Oren is just trying to maintain that consistency because he'll go, you know, eight, ten games without scoring a goal. And then you look at the statue and he's got two goals and one assist in a game and is the (laughs) best player on the ice. Uh, You know, I think tapping into that consistency is the next step for Oren Strowman becoming a true NHL draft prospect um I I know Oren would love to hear his name and and have that ability to to become an NHL drafted player but it's just about getting those tools in place for uh uh, the rigors of a WHL season which I think he's learning right here yeah Uh,
1: tell me this because I've never been a person who's ever been an elite prospect in anything but when you when you hear your name in that conversation does it does it scare you or does it kind of boost the confidence yeah
2: I I would think that's well, based on the person, I don't think it necessarily worries you, but it, you might grip the stick a little bit tighter if you're in that conversation. Like, you you know when the people are watching, yeah, out, Right. Like we were talking to like Connor Bedard, for example. He's especially in hockey circles where everyone's super hyper focused from the age of four. Yeah. Like it, for a guy like Connor Bedard, this is just another day of his life. He, he's he's lived up until this point as being an exceptional player and will continue to live that way. And so it's it's a little bit different to handle that. But when you're you know, even in, in the case of Oren, a player who threw minor hockey would be the top player on his teams and, and now comes into this team with, with the Tigers and is kind of finding his way a little bit. I, I think for him personally, it's, it's a bit of a reaffirmation. Like, this is where I should be, so let's work to continue getting there, right? Because yeah. he knows that he belongs in that conversation. We see the skill set all the time. Well, and I, I also want to mention that... I had a really good
5: chat with Steve Conowalchuk in Red Deer last week where we we're talking about Arshdeep Baines. Mm-hmm. And Arshdeep Baines uh, signing his NHL contract with the uh, Vancouver Canucks, you know, top of the leaderboard for uh, points this year in the Western Hockey League as an overager. And Steve said, you know, I was asking him about what example does arch provide in terms of being a guy who went undrafted and is now getting a shot at the NHL level. And he laughed for a moment and said, you know, at the end of the day, the NHL draft doesn't mean a whole lot. He said it's it's key for the guys who get picked, but for the guys who even don't get picked, there's still paths towards pro hockey. There's oh, yeah. still paths towards the National Hockey League. You take a look at James Hamlin yeah. and what he's doing right now, and being able to get a contract with the Oilers. So I think for young players like Oren Strom, even if he isn't picked on draft day in 2023, there's still opportunities for him to progress, showcase to pro teams that he has a future in in pro hockey, and and being able to to contribute and. The, the goal scoring is the number one aspect that uh, teams look at for a player like Oren Stroman, what he's able to provide. And there's nothing saying that you don't get drafted the second year
2: of your eligibility, yeah. right? Ben, ben can...
5: King is a great example yeah. of a 19-year-old who's likely to, to get picked this year. Um, he's had a phenomenal year. We saw what he was able to do against the Tigers uh, this past mm-hmm. weekend here, and um, you know, that even if Orin Strom doesn't necessarily light the world up in his 18 year old year. There's still opportunities.
2: Yeah, and they also have that kid, Kalen Lind, who was in that conversation for the 2023 NHL draft class too, which is interesting. Um, so the Tigers are going to sweep the the home and home this weekend. I assume that's <laughs> that's what's going Would that be nice? Hey, I, I assume that's what's happening. Like, like Isaac Poulter, who yeah. the Tigers will will find a way to beat him because now they're uh, now they're rolling. No?
1: They're riding that momentum. I'd like to see them go in and, and beat the Broncos at home. Which they have swim. not been able
5: to do this year and at they, this point.
1: And then come back home and beat them here, which they have done.
2: Yep. I, I don't see why not. Why They're- not us? <laughs> why not us? That's
1: what I tell them every time before they go on the ice. Why not us uh-huh. tonight?
2: I see no reason why they can't because yeah, uh, just the way that they've been playing lately and and the the roller coaster they rode a couple nights ago and you know, just just moving in the right direction, getting healthier, like it's... I mean, things are coming up Tigers all Things the are lining up, and I think
5: for the Tigers as well, it would go a long way, especially on Friday night in Swift. Like you said, not only picking up the first victory of the season in Swift, the Medicine Hat Tigers haven't won back-to-back games since October. Whoa. So getting a streak going, getting two wins going here. Even if they are able to take one out of two against Swift, whether that's the Friday or Saturday game, you know, you go into next week with a a bit of a layoff, quite honestly, you know, games for, no games for almost an entire week for the team, winning two of your last three, that would be huge, but I think even more so that Friday game, if the team is able to come out with a solid effort, they've already had a shutout victory against Swift this year. If you're able to pick up the victory and get back-to-back wins for the first time since October 22nd, yeah. That, that could be a big confidence booster for this club.
1: Yeah, gonna be a fun one. Last one before you let you go, uh we're gonna play your interview that you got with Lanny McDonald here in just a little bit. How cool was it to talk to Lanny McDonald? <laughs>
5: uh it's the best. Yeah. Um, I mean he he is an icon for a reason. And I think the biggest thing with Lanny McDonald, he doesn't forget his roots of where his career started. And he has so much pride and so much um Special memories that came out of the city and playing for the Tigers and being one of the first stars here in Medicine Hat during his time and spoke about his experience of re- first time representing Team Canada was with the Medicine Hat Tigers. The team in in 72 went to play in the short-lived World Cup in Colorado Springs and got to face off against the Russians. And he said, uh, you'll hear in the interview that, you know that was an amazing experience and we lost 12-4 and I uh, can't believe we scored four goals in that game. <laughs> um, the stories, the the legacy, just everything he's done for the game as well, which is really the, the order of hockey in Canada award. It's not necessarily just on ice performance. It's, Promoting the game, inspiring the next generation to to pick up the sport, what he's done with Hockey Canada, and what he continues to do in his capacity with the Calgary Flames, um, you know, it's it's been a well deserved honor for Lanny, and could not be more gracious with his time, and uh, you know, being able to share a couple stories as well.
1: Still inspired has a by great, mustache. Yeah, he is a great duster, too. It's nice. After all these years, still rocking Thick. that great duster. Thick
2: with three Cs.
1: Uh, <laughs> Scott, always appreciate you. That interview's coming up on the way, and also that home-and-home home against Swift Current. If you want to uh, listen to the broadcast, Chat 94.5, check it out.
0: More hockey talk on the way with Tigers Uncaged. We will, we will rock you. See it! Powered by, yeah, by South, South Country Co-op. Yeah.
4: For over 60 years, South Country Co-op has been part of our community. Families gathering around the table to talk about their day, share stories, laugh together, and just be there for one another. The meal on the table that brings families together is from South Country Co-op. Fresh, local ingredients on amazing deals for you every single week. And their app gets you access to their flyer, locations, hours, and more. South Country Co-op, proudly serving the community for over 60 years you're at home here. If we asked your car how it felt, it wouldn't respond. It's a car. But if we added some magical pixie dust and then asked, it still wouldn't answer. That only happens in the movies. But if we ask how you felt about having to fill your car, you'd probably say, I wish I got something out of it. Well, co-op members earn money on every liter filled at Co-op Gas Bars. Fill up today on Stracken Road, 13th Avenue, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Redcliffe, Eagle Butte, and Dunmore and Oyen. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home. Home here
0: the talk of Tiger town great
3: moments are born in great opportunity
0: Tigers uncaged with Jesse and Lance Howard by South Country co-op well
5: Lanny a pretty humbling honor for you this week uh, by Hockey Canada as you've been named uh, to the order of hockey in Canada a class that's only a few in this country are able to get I guess first off when you you
3: got word that you were receiving this honor what was your reaction Well, I was actually stunned. I didn't know what to think of it and to be able to, uh, uh, be honored in this way and also go in with Kim St. Pierre and Guy Lafleur, who I've admired for years and years, uh, and got to play with, uh, three different times, uh, in the Canada cup, the challenge cup, and then, uh, 81 world, uh, championships, uh, and to be, uh, on the same team and see how he played and and he had that smile from ear to ear the entire time. Pretty cool. How did you find out? Uh, you know, uh, Tom Rennie, uh, who is head of Hockey Canada, called me. Uh, he was just getting back from uh, Beijing and uh, the Olympics, and uh, he had called and I missed his first call. I called him back and. He was already trying to call me again. And uh, so he tells me the news and I I was, like I said before, I, I was stunned. I didn't know what to to think. Uh, I thought it might have been, although I recognized his, uh, his voice, I thought maybe it was one of our alumni playing a prank on me, uh, but no, it was true and so cool. To be one of only a few dozen
5: people to receive this honor in our country, Personally, what does this mean to you? Uh,
3: we, we owe so much to the game. Uh, we love the game. I'm a huge fan of the game. I go to as many games here in Calgary as possible, but to be able to uh, be a part of Hockey Canada for uh, years and years now, uh, uh, both as general manager, as player, uh, director of player personnel, uh, and then just cheering them on as a, as a fan as well. It is, it is uh, so, like, you can't even describe the words, uh, uh, but uh, when you love the game the way I do uh, and have a passion for the game and what it means to our young people, because when they play this great game, uh, that sets up friendships, uh, girls or boys, that last a lifetime regardless of whether they go on to pro or uh, playing uh, senior hockey or uh, just pick up hockey uh, each and every year. For you, what are your most cherished memories on
5: representing Canada wearing the Maple Leaf, whether it was as a player or as an executive? You know, I go
3: all the way back to the Medicine Hat Tigers in, 80, in sorry, in 72, 73, when Medicine Hat Tigers uh, were asked to represent Canada, uh, and I think, I believe it was called the World Cup at that time. And we played in uh, Colorado Springs and in Minnesota, uh, played the Finns, the Czechs, the U.S. and the Russians. I remember the Russians beat us 12-4. Uh, they, they were a fine-tuned machine. And the fact that we actually scored four goals on them was uh, pretty cool. And then to go to 76 uh, to be uh, picked on that team was no guarantee I was going to make it. And then I didn't play the first two games and then played uh, the rest of the way in and play on the line with Bob Ganey and Daryl Sittler. And then eventually in overtime with Marcel Dion and Daryl and, and both Marcel and I assisting on uh, the winning goal by uh, Daryl in overtime. Uh, That's my fondest memories and then I'm going to give you the hat trick. Uh, In 2004, uh, Director of Player Personnel at the World Championships in Czech uh, Czech Republic and in Prague and for Canada to win. uh, Oh, what, what a plane ride home. What a party afterwards and what a plane ride home.
5: You brought them up a little bit earlier, but to be inducted and received this honour with a class of Guy Lefleur and Kim St-Pierre to Giants in Canadian
3: hockey, what does that mean to you?
5: Oh, it means
3: everything. You look at Kim St-Pierre, uh, three world championships, uh, I believe five world championships, two Clarkson Cups, uh, and the smile on her face uh, when I got to present her, or first of all phone her, that she was the newest member of the Hockey Hall of Fame two years ago, and then the induction last year, uh, and uh, w- what a great supporter of of hockey Canada and the game itself. And she couldn't be at the at the the announcement yesterday because she was out uh, coaching. Uh, running a, a hockey school for kids and making sure kids are involved in this great game. And then Guy Lafleur, you catch yourself all the time like he would be flying up the right wing, beating a defenseman, and you you felt like you should stand up and cheer. Oh, no, he's on the other side. And he was on that team in 76, and I got to know Guy quite well. Uh, and the perennial smile on his face just from loving the game.
5: It's been a long journey from when you started out your junior career here in Medicine Hat to this honor uh, bestowed to you by Hockey Canada. When you
3: look back at the journey to this point, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Just the amount of people. uh, It takes a village. Uh, We talk about family and the support you get from your family, but uh, you have billets to be thankful for the the scouts that, that keep uh, you on your toes and keep encouraging you. A guy like Torchy shell who uh, and Lou uh, Jankowski who was a great scout and would stop after games and let you know uh, that uh, you were doing okay or what you needed to work on. And you look back at uh, guys like Jack Shoup and Lou Kleshinsky and, and Bob Ridley uh, who uh, loved the game like I did and helped kind of foster or or uh, head me in the right direction uh, and all of my family for allowing me to, to chase the dreams that I had when my dad as a young boy uh, uh, inspired me by playing senior hockey and Uh, he just uh, fostered this great uh, love affair with the the game and the people in the game. Well, you, Lenny,
5: have given so much to the game as well. Congratulations on a a well-deserved honor. Well,
3: thank you very much, and go Tigers, go.
0: More Tigers uncaged in seconds. That's how winning is done. Powered by South Country Co-op.
4: When it comes to washing your ride, the most important thing is... Water pressure. Without it, dirt, bugs, birds, business, and everything else stays on. Thankfully, South Country Co-op Extreme Car Wash has the... Water pressure. State-of-the-art laser touchless car wash from South Country Co-op. Four locations, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Crescent Heights, and Stracken Road. This is your best wash. This Extreme is your best Extreme touchless car wash from South wash. Country Co-op. You're at home here. Water pressure. Oh if we asked your car how it felt, it wouldn't respond, it's a car. But if we added some magical pixie dust and then asked, it still wouldn't answer. That only happens in the movies. But if we ask how you felt about having to fill your car, you'd probably say, I wish I got something out of it. Well, co-op members earn money on every liter filled at Co-op Gas Bars. Fill up today on Strack and Road, 13th Avenue, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Redcliffe, Eagle Butte, and Dunmore, and Oyen, South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here.
0: And Lance are back with more Tigers Uncaged.
1: Passion and fuse, baby. Here we go. Powered
0: by South Country Co-op. Welcome
1: back to Tigers Uncaged. Powered by South Country Co-op. Appreciate you listening. Uh, in all the midst of talking to uh, Scott Roblin, I did want to also give a shout-out to our captain, mm-hmm. Daniel Baker, because in the midst of all of uh, the, the craziness of that game, when they got off the ice, the first person they were greeted by was our captain, who unfortunately no longer going to be on the ice yeah. for the remainder of this Season, Mm -hmm. so I I wanted to give a shout out. I don't know if I anticipated that he wouldn't be a part of the team. Still, it was just it was nice to see him right around the corner, ready to hug his boys and and congratulate them on a on a win.
2: Yeah, feeling excited for the team, which is which can be tough to do because it's your overage season. You you suffer an upper body injury. You're out for the remainder. Expected to be anyway. And and you're still just as excited like you were playing the game, which yeah. is which is cool to see, and probably in a little bit of pain, I would imagine. But probably, but yeah. that pain goes away when when the team comes off after a big win like they had. So, uh, yeah, guys, like, like your captain gets the C for a lot of reasons that we might not uh, be aware of, and what happens off the ice, it's things yeah. like that, right? Yeah,
1: because so. we only see on the ice, exactly. right? We see the leadership there, but we don't know what goes on behind the
2: scenes, mm-hmm. much as
1: we would love to, yeah. man. <laughs> I would love to see like an HBO Hard Knocks type behind the scenes of the Tigers every year just to kind of see how the team...
2: Get the uh, get the TV crew on it. Yeah! Do like a Netflix We'll just add series.
1: more to Roblin's play yeah, I'm eh? sure
2: he'd love that. Yeah, <laughs> he would love it.
1: Tigers getting set for a home-and-home home against swift Current Broncos. We touched on it a little bit with Scott, but uh, early predictions, what do you think? You think the boys 1-1, and 2-0?
2: I mean, there's potential for them to keep the ball rolling. When you win a game like they did on Tuesday, it it drives momentum forward. Obviously, there's there wasn't a perfect game and they understand that but you you've shut them out in in recent memory you know that you can play well defensively against this Broncos team and uh and the last time you were in that building in what I believe is a Credit Union Iplex in uh Swift Current it didn't go so well and uh you haven't been able to win yet there this year I think there's a potential for a pretty solid weekend if the if the Tigers can can get off to the the right foot early on, on Friday in Swift
1: I think you're right. I, I think th- mm-hmm. it's going to have a lot to do with Friday. I, I think that we've seen them play better at home since that 11-1 loss. True. I, I feel like we've we've seen them play a little bit better at home. They got that momentum. So I, it's going to depend what happens on Friday. I think you're right. And, uh, there and is how, a it, how it
2: goes, right? Regardless yeah. of the result, just how the game plays yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. That'll have a big say into, into Saturday as well. But. I would
1: like to see them go too. You know? I think we all would. I, th- I think that the Tigers are now playing for some pride. And oh, yeah. if, what is there, 12 games left? Do they go 6-6? Six and six? I think that's a phenomenal end of the season.
2: Yeah, and not only that, just playing for a solidified role next season, right? Because you're seeing it. I mean, Shane Smith, Andrew Basha, Hunter St. Martin's come up, Josh Van Mulligan. Like, there's kids waiting Man. in the wings that are ready to play minutes. I and just
1: say, Van Mulligan throwing a shot on net, look
2: what <laughs> happened. Yeah, with, with ARP with the tip. And crazy to think, uh, near the start of this season, the, one of the youngest forwards on this team was Stephen Arp. Wow. And, and it's just kind of wild to, to see his development and now there's players younger than him that are in the lineup on a pretty consistent basis.
1: Man, it's It's a fun team to watch. Regardless of what the record is, they are a fun team to watch, and I hope you get a chance to see them before this season is up. Uh, Lance, as always, appreciate you, buddy. He's going to be on the call Saturday night with Scott. You can catch both Friday and Saturday games against the Broncos on Chat
0: 94.5. This has been Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by South Country Co-op. Thanks to all of our show contributors. Thank you for your help. Be looking for a new Tigers Uncaged podcast every week during hockey season i oh,